0: Good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are. Um, Thank you for coming to my presentation, which is all going to be about talking about the things to consider when deciding between a financial advisor and a robo-advisor and understanding what the key, the similarities and the differences are between that. Thank you for attending the Women Can Money Virtual Summit. I hope you've enjoyed everything so far. I am Michelle Robertson, the founder of Ms. Money and Math. I am a Canadian CPA. I have, um, I escaped the corporate grind, as if I can call it that, about three years ago, founded Ms. Money and Math. Because I came to a point in my life where I was done helping companies make money and get rich. I wanted to help women feel comfortable and confident with their money and be able to build wealth because I believe that money and wealth are not necessarily about seriously super luxurious things, although they might be depending on what your preferences are, but they are—they um, enable you to have freedom and choice in your life freedom to be able to do the things you want to do, be where you want to be, respond to things as you need to, and and just be able to make decisions and live your life on your terms. A A couple little things about me. So I worked in corporate 20, 25 years. I'm a ferocious traveler. I'm a proud dog mom to a boxer named Ruby. I'm a bit of a digital nomad right now. I've been on a bit of a tour in Africa for the last three years. I am currently in South Africa, probably back to Canada next year. So let's just jump into it. Most people know what a financial advisor is because, you know, 20 to 25 years ago, the only real option for investing your money, unless you were a stockbroker, was to find a financial advisor. And then they would basically invest your money on your behalf. So they're obviously humans. And I think it's important to mention that, you know, what financial advisors are trying to do is they're not trying to meet market performance, they're trying to beat it because obviously you have to pay them a fee to use their services. Obviously they're, they're people and they have, this is their job and they need to make a livelihood and all that good stuff. And so essentially, like if you can think about the market performance being, you know, seven or 8% a year, potentially um, some years it's much more, some years it's less. Um, What they're trying to do is they're trying to pick the winners in the market. So they're trying to find the companies and the stocks that are going to do well, that are going to outperform the overall market performance and leave behind the ones that don't do as well. Some of them, I think it's important to mention. I think a lot of people, when they get a financial advisor, they think that the financial advisor is going to be their person for everything about money. But that's actually not true. Um, a lot of them are really, you know, there's a lot of different licenses in the financial advisory space. The most common, I think, is mutual fund dealers. And a lot of the, you know, just financial advisors out there, that's what they are. They're basically salespeople. They, they buy and sell mutual funds on behalf of clients. They are not financial planners. They um, would have pretty, very minimal minimal training in you know, helping you do retirement planning and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think that's important to mention because, you know, as I said, I think people have this expectation that a financial advisor is going to advise you on everything. Um, But a lot of them, quite honestly, they've not been trained to do a lot of that. They have a specific skill and, and that's what they work on. So I think it's important that people understand that and start questioning, like, what are, you know, what are your skills and what, what do, do you what what have you been where have you been trained so obviously if you have a financial advisor this is a very hands off approach for you um you you know you set up your automatic transfers you have the money sent out every month and they essentially manage your portfolio um you know in a personal way for you. As I mentioned, they employ an active investing style, and that means they are trying to beat market performance. Another investing style, and I'll talk about it in a minute, is a passive investing style. And that means that you're just trying to do as well as the market does every year. And like, if I can give you some context for how well the market does, I'm gonna just use the statistic about the S&P 500, which is the biggest index in the US, but it still matters. We're all Canadians, but we are invested in US. And, you know, Canada would be, doing roughly similar, like our markets do kind of walk in step with each other. And so the S&P 500 has on average returned 10% per year for the last hundred years. Now it's not an even 10 every year, some years it's 25 and some it's minus 10, but overall the market's gone like this. Mm -hmm. And so You know, a passive investing style, there's nothing wrong with that. Like earning 10% a year every year for 40 years is pretty good, good money. So I just want to give that context. So as I mentioned before, a financial advisor may provide other services. They may have qualifications to be able to do tax planning for you. If they've, if they're, if they're a CPA or and they've got some tax knowledge, they might be able to. They might be able to do retirement planning. If they are a financial planner, they might be able to do that. But they're not all the same. They might be able to give you a little bit of advice about real estate. Um, but again, don't make this assumption about them. Um, I think it's it's important to find out what. Where their specialties are besides managing your portfolio, if they can do these other things for you. You know, they obviously provide comfort that your money's being managed, it's being looked after. You know, there is some in some cases, there are barriers to entry with advisors because a lot of them will have a minimum, that a minimum amount in your portfolio, because the way they are paid is as a percentage of your portfolio. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar portfolio, they're making a percent a fee every year based on that. And so some of them just won't work with smaller clients because they have bigger clients and they have a, a certain service that they want to provide. And if they're only making 1% on $100,000, it's they can't make the money. They can't spend as much time as they want to with people. So they just require larger minimums. So there are different fee structures with financial advisors, but the most common one uh, certainly in Canada and probably the US too would be that when, if they are buying and selling mutual funds on your behalf, they are basically paid a fee. They're paid a trailer fee by the mutual fund company. So they partner with a, a group, um, a group of funds, and you know, and each fund company has the whole gamut of funds that you would need, and then essentially those. F- funds have fees, and they can be anywhere between one and a half and 3%. In Canada, the average fee of a mutual fund is 2.23%. And essentially, your financial advisor is getting a share of that. They get fees to keep you in the funds. Sometimes there are upfront fees when they like a sales commission to sell you the fund. And sometimes there is a redemption fee, not always, but it's just important to mention. Uh, There are some other fee structures, but they're very very, very uncommon. You've got to find them. You know, you could be paying an hourly to somebody. Um, you could be paying by transaction, but these ones are much, much less common. Okay, so let's now move on and just talk very briefly about a robo advisor. You've probably heard of them. No, it's not a robot managing your money. There are humans that work at the robo advising um, investing firms. It's essentially though they use software to manage your platform, your portfolio, essentially. Um, and what they, I talked about this a minute ago, they are just trying to achieve market performance. They're not trying to beat the market at all. They just want to return what the market does. And they do this using low-cost ETFs. And, and, and I can't talk all about those today because um, we don't have enough time. There's lots there, but. But essentially, and ETFs essentially track a certain segment of the market. So maybe it's like all US stocks or Canadians or the whole world or whatever. And so whatever that that segment of the market does, that's what the robo-advisor will return. So they're very, no frills, but very low fees because... They don't, it's not a, it's not a one individual human. They're using software to rebalance your portfolio and make sure that, you know, the the buying is all done automatically and everything. And so they're able to keep their fees very, very low. And I would say the average fee with the robo advisors in Canada is hovers around a half a percent. It's not usually too much higher. There's a couple players in the market that are uh, less like at the 0.25%. Um, but that's roughly the difference. So If you think about buying mutual funds and paying two and a half percent, and then with the ETFs and the robo-advisor, you're going to pay somewhere in the half a percent plus what the ETFs charge, which tends to be like 10 to uh, 25 basis points. So another quarter of a percent, basically. So you're well under one percent with the robo-advisor. And so that is one of the key differences between a robo advisor and a financial advisor in terms of investing your money. So as I said, it's a digital platform. And because they've automated a lot of the processes and the decision making, um, it's algorithm driven based on your age, your risk tolerance, um, how long you've got until retirement? How comfortable you are with risk? All of that stuff, and they are able to kind of set that up when you when you share all that information with them and you onboard, so that automatically they put you into an allocation, and their software essentially does the work of making sure that you're in the appropriate assets. Um, As I mentioned, they invest in low cost ETFs. There's less human touch. I say less now because it's not none. A lot of the robo advisors in Canada are now really trying to compete with the financial advisors. And there is much opportunity if you decide to use a robo advisor to actually speak to a human once or twice a year. Um, They have have financial planners and financial advisors, qualified professionals that are on the other side of the phone to speak to you about your portfolio. Um, and as, as a result though, because it's not one person and it's not mutual funds, they have a much lower annual cost. I say here no added financial planning because most of them don't. There are a couple players in the market that have some kind of VIP services, potentially depending on the amount of assets you have where they may do financial planning. But to be honest, my recommendation, um, people, as I said, confuse these is that if you need financial planning support, I'm putting a retirement plan together and understanding uh, when you can retire and how much you need and all of that stuff, I think you're better off to do that separately than how you manage your investments. It's a one-time fee that you work with somebody. Um, The robo-advisor is great for brand new investors because the barriers to entry are so low. There are virtually no minimum. There's a couple companies that have a couple small minimums that you have to start with, but there's a a heck of a lot of them out there where you can basically start with a hundred bucks. Um, and so, and you know, you can automate your contributions. They most of them have apps, it's very easy. And essentially what they have is pre-packaged portfolios with a package of ETFs. And it's just everyone will just have a different percentage of each amount based on your age your risk tolerance, how much time you have, all of that stuff, what the money's for. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of talking as if it's assumed that it's for retirement, because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's money that you want in five years for something totally different. So yeah, so that's a little bit of a high level on the robo-advisors. So what are the key differences? And I've talked a little bit about them already. Sorry, let me just move my little face down there. You know, as I said, the robo-advisor has a less human touch, but again, a lot of them are really adding this kind of, you know, an annual meeting. They are really trying to bring some human touch into it for people. But a financial advisor, depending on the size of your portfolio, you have more human touch. I mean, I've met a lot of clients who never hear from their financial advisor, and and um, so you know, I think it's fair to say um, potentially you get more human touch. But it really depends on who you're working with, the size of your portfolio, as to how much time that they can spend with you. So little to no financial. Planning services with the robo advisor and really with a financial advisor. As I said, this is not something that is guaranteed. Not all financial advisors and most of them are not trained to do financial planning unless they have a CFP designation or a QAFP def- designation. Um, I would say primarily financial advisors, the 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 large majority of them primarily sell mutual funds. There's obviously a lot out there as well that will, especially when you get into high net worth clients, that will buy and sell individual stocks and ETFs, but the the majority are selling mutual funds. So I talked about market performance. The robo-advisor is just trying to meet market performance and the financial advisors are typically using an active investing style and they are trying to beat market performance. But the reality is the studies have been done And 95% of financial advisors cannot beat the market consistently. Like they might do it once, but then, you know, 10 years later, there's like maybe 3% that can actually continually beat the market. So as I said, robo-advisors have very low fees. And that part of that is because of they use ETFs. And part of why financial advisors are more expensive is because they typically use mutual funds, which are more expensive. As I said, the average with mutual fund costs in Canada is 2.23% of your investments. So that's the key differences. So now let's talk for a minute about fees, because I think this is such an important topic. And part of why, sorry, I'm just trying to find a place here. Part of why I think this topic is so important is because most people don't know how much they're paying on their investments. And I think if they knew and they had education, they might make a different decision about it. They might want to get more interested in their investments when they realize how much money this is. And part of the reason is, is because when we, if you go and work with a financial advisor, you don't cut them a check, you know, every month or every quarter or once a year, the money just comes out of your big pile that you've got sitting in your investment, So you don't see it. And so I think if people, you know, started to cut checks for $5,000 or 7,000, or, you know, I mean, if you have a $500,000 portfolio and you're paying 2%, that's $10,000 a year that you're paying in fees. And I think if you actually physically had to send that money, people would start asking a lot more questions, but the way the industry is set up right now, you don't actually pay it. It comes out of your investment proceeds. So, I just love to show this example because I think if you are price conscious, this should matter to you. If you had a hundred thousand dollars today and you just invested it for 30 years and no more, just $100,000 today, and you were invested in mutual funds that had a fees of on average two and a half percent. And I use an average market performance of 7%, which is um, a pretty good one for long-term. It's slightly still slightly conservative. You would have $375,000 in 30 years. So your money would almost quadruple, Um, not quite, but almost. But if you were invested in ETFs or with a robo-advisor it, with you, with fees of only a half a percent, your money would be almost seven times because that money that comes off the top of your investments every year. So imagine in the first year, $100,000, a 2.5% fee, that's $2,500 that comes out. So imagine that $2,500 can sit there for another 30 years. And then next year, another $2,500 plus whatever the the investment has grown by is coming out. So that is so much money over time, which is why there's such a big difference and fees really add up. They are so important. And so I just think it's important that everyone is aware and understands that investing is not free and and just understands what um, the value, the cost that you're paying so that the point is, is so that if you understand what you're paying for your investments and that service, whoever's providing that to you, you can then evaluate whether that is good value to you, right? If you don't actually know, then you don't know if you agree with the value of the service. It's like the weirdest thing, right? Like if you went in to buy a sweater, you would never not ask how much it costs, right? But yet this is one area where a lot of people don't know, how much they're paying. Um, And it's very significant, as you can see, regardless, even a 0.5% fee is still, it's still significant every year. So how do you decide, oh my goodness, here's the million dollar question. How do you decide what to pick. So the first thing I would say is how much do you have to invest? Because in my humble opinion, if you have under $250,000, you should do it yourself. You should get a robo advisor, keep your fees as low as you can until you get your investments to a bigger place at the minimum. And there's a couple of reasons for that. A, your investments are going to grow faster. If you keep your fees really low and your money, it gets so much easier to grow your money faster. The more you have, it just, it just does. It grows faster. And the second reason is, is because with a financial advisor, who's making a fee of 1% off of you, remember the mutual fund makes the rest of it. If you only have a hundred thousand dollars or $150,000, they're not making very much money off of you. And they're not going to provide you with very much service because obviously for them they have to put their money and spend their time with the clients that have more money the bigger portfolios because they're making more money and that's just a bias that's just how it goes right and so quite honestly what it's best for you i believe to try and get your portfolio up to six figures as quickly as you can and you know if at some point in your life when it gets bigger if it feels overwhelming then maybe there's a space at that time for an opinion about you your portfolio or to bring an advisor in when you're going to get the service that you're paying for at that point. My second thing is I always like to ask, like, will you sleep at night? Like some people just are so nervous about this, which is a lot of this is mindset and it's education, which is something that I think if you go down that road, you'll probably be more confident because when you understand enough about the market, it's easier to be less nervous about it. But at the end of the day, you've got to be able to sleep at night. So if you don't think you could sleep at night, you know, managing your own investments or using a robo-advisor even though they're pretty much the same thing as a mutual, a, mutual, a a financial advisor they're still humans that are making sure your money is where it's supposed to be then maybe that's the right option for you to pay for a financial advisor. Um how important are fees to you? I obviously spoke about this in the last slide. If you are really fee sensitive and that money really matters to you, then potentially that's going to, you know, I think price always has to come into it and as I said, that whole value equation of like what is the service I'm getting in exchange for the money. And does that feel worth it? So if, if the fees are really important to you, then potentially, and you want the lowest cost option, then a robo advisor is going to be a much better option for you than a financial advisor. You might laugh at this next one. You are not special. Yes, we are all special in our own way, but when it comes to investing, your financial advisor is not creating some totally independent special portfolio exactly for you and nobody else, because you fit into a demographic with probably 10 or 15 or 20 other clients who are of the same age and the same risk tolerance, and they will then build that portfolio for a group of their investors. And so, you know, and that's exactly what the, that's what the robo advisors are doing as well they're putting you into a group, they're just being more open about it. Or not not that financial advisors are being dishonest, because that's not it at all. It's just, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all do fit in a place in terms of our risk tolerance and what our asset allocation should be. And that doesn't make, you know, one person totally different from somebody else. Um, And there will be enough of us that will be in one bucket, and then there'll be other people in another bucket. And that's really how it works. So it's not like you're getting this portfolio that nobody else in the world has. People that have similar characteristics to you as an investor will have the similar portfolio. So if you're depending on those services, right, the extra, and as I said, the extra things like if you want financial planning, if you want a retirement plan, if you want to do tax planning, don't assume that you can do that with a financial advisor, I always recommend that you, you hire those services out individually. It's a one-time fee. You pay somebody a few thousand dollars, you go and do a financial plan. You know, Maybe it's something you revisit again in five years if things have changed. But as I said, unless your financial advisor really specifically says that they they have the qualifications to prepare a retirement plan for you, a lot of them don't do that. They just that's not in their wheelhouse of what they do. They will invest your money and and that's it. So if you need financial planning services, hire the, that out and CFPs and QAFPs will look at your portfolio. They will give you like even if you use a robot advisor, they'll look at it and they will give you observations as well as help you to plan for your retirement. That is my little presentation. I hope that you found that helpful. If you would like to find me um, in the in the interwebs, I have a website, mismoneyandmath.com. You can email me any questions you have. Find me on the gram at Ms.Moneyandmath. Uh yes, and thank you so much for coming to my presentation and good luck with your investments.